Okay. Cute. He 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 Lord Jesus. Please take the wheel on this. Oh, I forgot to put lips. That's okay. I like those lips anyways. Um Oh, okay. In three, two, one. What's good? It's your girl Bianca, and welcome back to yet another episode of Are You Alone? But what I'm actually asking you is, are you achieving life on natural euphoria? So I hope last week was an amazing week and that you guys had a lovely Valentine's Day that was full of, you know, just love, people who care about you, people who cherish you, whether it be from a significant other, your friends, your family, or maybe you even spent the day just practicing and indulging in self-love. Whatever the case may be, I just hope you had an amazing Valentine's Day and that you've even had an even greater start to the rest of this week. Um, for me, though, my Valentine's Day, I listened to a church sermon and then I also um, took that morning to reflect on ways that I can try to continue to practice self-love and bring peace to my um, mental state. And so... I'm trying to get back into the cycle of meditating each morning and um, doing yoga. I'm also trying to really dive in and open those self-help and self-care books that I've been wanting to read. I've also wanted to try to um, eat cleaner just because I can feel that I'm slacking off in that sense and I can feel it in my body as well. Um, I'm also trying to sleep a little bit earlier. I tend to be a night owl and I could stay up for a while, but that also means I can sleep in for a while and that's not good either. Um, but I'm also trying to cut back on the amount of caffeine that I consume just because it's not that it's becoming a problem or that I'm relying off of it, but I am drinking quite a bit of caffeine daily. So I'm, I'm going to try and cut that back. Um, However, for those of you who missed last week's episode, I did do a little bit of a tribute towards Valentine's Day. It wasn't anything in-depth about love or anything serious like that, but I did talk about relationships in general, both romantically and platonically, and the three things I think can either build and keep a consistent relationship, whether it be your partner or just like a friend or just people in your life in general. So if you have yet to, make sure to go check it out and go give it a listen. Are You Alone is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and many, many more. However, if you are watching on YouTube, then I would really appreciate it if you hit that like and subscribe button. And it wouldn't hurt to just turn those post notifications on just in case I post. Um, even though I'm still trying to figure out how to make posts on YouTube, like texted wise, you know, well, hopefully you get what I'm trying to say, but still trying to figure all of that out. Um, however, I am going to just jump into today's episode. I'm going to be talking about some things that I've been seeing um, within, you know, the media, especially social media, a little bit on the news too, but it's about the recent attacks against Asians and Asian Americans here in the States. And for those of you who are kind of unaware of what's been going on, there's actually been a 
spike in racial hate crimes against Asians here in the United States. Um, a few weeks back, there was a 91-year-old man in Oakland who was brutally attacked in Chinatown, and they have said that police had arrested a potential suspect. Um, less than a week later, there was a Thai man who was also brutally attacked and even killed in San Francisco. In San Jose, there was a Vietnamese lady who was um, brutally attacked and robbed. And then there was also a Filipino man in New York who was threatened and attacked by a box cutter um, on the subway. Now, these reports haven't necessarily been pinned as racially motivated. However, there has been a lot of people speaking on behalf of the Asian community and advocating for the amount of hate crimes that have been going on here in the States. And within another article that I read, a man named Russell Jung, who is the chair of Asian American Studies at San Francisco State University, he had actually created a tool that tracks self-reported incidents against Asian American Pacific Islander communities. It is called the Stop AAPI Hate Tracker. And as of right now, there has been over 2,500 self-reported incidents within the time of March 19th, 2020 to December 31st, 2020. And if many of you uh, are aware or remember, March was about the same time that the United States had gone into lockdown due to the current pandemic. And there has been a little bit of, you know, political rhetoric around the virus. Some of you may recall when Donald Trump had referred to the virus as the China virus, which did cause an increased amount of xenophobia in our country. Now, on the other hand, there's a, another narrative and ideology about Asians being the quote-unquote model minority here in the United States. And the way that I look at it is um, there is a negative connotation around it because that implies that certain minority groups are above one another or are being placed um, against one another and their ability to have rank and status in this hierarchy that our society has created. And if you think about that in a much larger picture, it creates an even bigger divide than what our country already kind of is in. And with all of this being said, I decided for today that I wanted to discuss some things that regard stereotypes, racial discrimination, and a little bit of that ideology around um, the model minority. And I'm just speaking on behalf of some of the things that I have recognized growing up as an Asian American in the United States. Now, for those of you who don't know, I am 100% Filipina. I do have a little bit of Chinese and Spanish in me, but it's not enough for me to really like count it but my dad was born in Monterey California after my grandparents moved from the Philippines to the States and my mom actually was born and raised in the Philippines she lived in Pampanga which is about an hour and a half north of Manila and she came to the States when she was about 22 so um, about my age but she came to the States a few years later down the road she met my dad long story short they had me in Colorado, and then we moved to a small town here in Washington State. Now, the moment I think I started to really reflect 
on my racial identity was my junior year in college when I took an English course that um, specifically talked about identity. We had just finished reading Ta-Nehisi Coates, Between the World and Me, and there was a discussion question that had asked about when we had first noticed our racial identity. And for me, I actually just remember this because I was one of the only people who answered this question. And it's not because like, you know, I was like a tryhard or anything, but it was because I was in the Midwest. So, um, you know, they do have diversity out there, but it's not as much compared to, I would say, like um, some other states, especially like the coastal states. Um, but I remember answering this and... I had said I noticed my racial identity um, the moment that I could differentiate things. And, you know, it's pretty early on. I was pretty young. Um, I could tell that my hair color, my skin color was just a little bit different than some of the, you know, girls and boys that I went to school with. Um, My grandparents and my mom they spoke a different language to each other that wasn't English so I was able to kind of differentiate that but with all of that I was kind of raised in obviously like a mixed culture of American and Filipino and the reason I say that is just because I didn't come from two immigrant parents I only came from one so with that being said my dad being born in the states he kind of knew what it was like growing up as an Asian American as compared to my mom who kind of raised us like an OG Filipina um you know chanclas chinelas whatever you want to call it if you did something something was you know the sandal was coming off I knew not to um do anything to make my mom mad um I just saw what you know, how she disciplined my older sisters, and I was like, I don't want to deal with that. Um, not saying, like, it was anything bad or trying to paint her in that light, but anyone who has, you know, immigrant parents or just, like, um, family from other cultures know that the way maybe they discipline is a little bit different than here in the States. Um, but the reason I bring up my dad, you know, growing up in the States and my mom growing up in the Philippines is that there was this odd balance between the two and how they raised my sisters and us. Like we had a little bit of Filipino culture and we had enough to kind of understand ourselves. But there was also that American side that, you know, we were more, I guess you could say, accustomed to um, growing up here. Now, the thing about my parents' dynamic is there are some people my age, especially, who have parents that are both immigrants. And so the way that they are brought up in the States is a little bit different than the way that I was brought up. And that's something like I'll I'll kind of get into a little bit later, just because it's like we, you know, the same race, the same people, but the way that we thought was just a little bit different. And like I had said, I'll discuss that a little bit later. But now I'm going to share with you guys um, some of the experiences of mine where I was really aware of my racial identity. And it actually happened when I was pretty young. I was about six or seven. And there's actually two instances that have stuck with me, um, obviously, my whole life, which is why I'm, you know, sharing and telling you guys it now. But um, the first instance happened when I was in second grade. We were in PE class and we had to run 
and the pacer test, something that I became really familiar with playing soccer. Um, for those of you who don't know what it is, you just have to run back and forth to a line before like a beep. And if you don't make it, then you're out. But they made us do that when we were younger. And so this boy that I didn't particularly get along with, he was kind of, he was already out of the test um, because he didn't make it <laughs> past the line. But um, it was this, you know, this boy that I didn't really get along with. Um, he would just really say these like off the grid remarks about me. Um, one happened to be about my dad for some reason. And then he also like stole my crayons and like, you know like just like off these like random things that I was just like okay I don't want to like be friends with you you know like I just don't like that and so you know I'm thinking maybe the dynamics changing because as I'm running the pacer test he's cheering me on and so as I'm running past him I hear him go um what I think he said was hey brownie and I was like whoa wait what like did he actually just call me that and so as I was as I was running by I thought I had you know misheard him and things like that but then I ran you know had to go back and he said it again he said go brownie and I was like okay I didn't mishear it this time he for a fact <laughs> cheered me on by saying go brownie um and really there is nothing about me like I wasn't wearing any brown clothes or anything or for him to really call me that and so I remember telling the teacher because I was like like yo this kid just called me a brownie and like what like why and she kind of tried to justify maybe why he had said what he said she had asked me like do you like brownies and I was like well yeah but like he doesn't know that you know we're not even friends and then she asked me if my favorite color was brown I was also then again like no it's not and so he ended up getting suspended but I do remember going home and telling my parents about this and my mom said something along the lines of you know um don't like don't let him get to you just be the bigger person by not reacting and then my dad him always being just the person he is trying to be more optimistic about the situation and bring more like light to it he goes maybe he's just teasing you because he likes you and I was like wow how flattering like in my head I was like wow how flattering if someone likes me and they're gonna cheer me on but they're gonna call me brownie like no that's not my name my name's Bianca but that was like the first instance that I really remember and I was like really just stunned I was taken back a bit at six years old because I was like like where did this come from um but the second instance actually happened to me and my family it was my mom my two sisters and I my dad was down south working at the military base for the weekend so it was just the girls but it was my mom my middle sister and I we were going to take a bus to Seattle to go support my sister um, at her modeling class. And so she ended up riding to Seattle with some of her friends. So we were going to meet her there. Um, we ended up taking a bus and we took the bus because I... I don't know if you can hear that. It's hailing though. Um, sorry, anyways. 
So my mom wasn't comfortable driving in Seattle and my middle sister wasn't old enough to drive yet. So, you know, we decided to take the bus. So we're at the Everett bus station. I'm really excited because it's my first time on the city transit and I'm like, wow, like an adventure. And so as we're on the platform walking towards our bus, this like mid thirties, maybe older white male um, walks past us and yells, gook squad. And so for me, being the young person, you know, I would think I was seven at this time. So it was like a year later from my um, from my school incident. But um, I was thinking that he was singing a song because one, I didn't know what gook meant. And I also saw him like I, I saw him with his Walkman and like headphones around his neck. So I'm thinking this man just screaming out some lyric. And then that's when my middle sister turns around to my mom and I and goes, that guy just called us gooks. And I don't think she understood what that meant. And I don't think my mom necessarily knew what it was either. But we just thought it was really odd and like random. And so then we just get on the bus and we go down to Seattle and, you know, we get your typical Starbucks and <laughs> we meet my sister right in front of the Westlake Mall. And so I had to actually call my sister to like fill me in on this part. But my middle sister had told my oldest sister what happened and that's how she found out. And so her friend that she was with, he was Vietnamese and he had told us, really my mom and my middle sister, that gook was a derogatory term used against Asians, but specifically at the time, Koreans and Vietnamese people. And so I was like, once again, being as young as I was, I was like, we're not Vietnamese, we're Filipino, like oblivious little seven year old, but like, you know, who knew better um, at that age? And so you know, my sister's like upset about this. And my oldest sister, she was upset about this because she was like, I can't believe like this person like called you guys that. And so, you know, he actually happened to be sitting kind of next to us too while we we're outside of the mall. But, you know, we're thinking like it's over, you know, it's done with. So my mom is trying to take a picture of my sisters and I and her friends because that's when digital cameras came out. It was like the coolest thing. So my mom's taking the picture and the guy who called us Gook Squad, who was near us, um, walks in front of the camera and he stands right in front of the frame. And so at first, little me, I'm just like, oh, he doesn't recognize that we're taking a picture. And then I realized he's standing there a little bit longer to a point where it's like, oh, he's not moving. And so my oldest sister, she's a little bit more confrontational than us but she goes can you move my mom's trying to take a picture of us and he goes oh that's your mom she looks like she could be your grandma and for those of you who've seen my mom she does not look that old <laughs> but that that made my sister mad my oldest sister mad and it made her my her friend mad as well and so they're starting to exchange words with this guy and things are getting heated and then my mom tells my sister like stop like just stop now like you know don't do anything because I think my mom was nervous that you know things were going to get out of hand someone was going to get hurt and you know she just like didn't want to like cause this scene so we just ended up leaving where we were at and, you know, we had to go to my sister's class to then, you know, cheer her on um, while she's doing like her modeling thing. 
Um, but then later that night, I remember my dad came home from work and my mom had told him what had happened. And as she's telling him, I can see that he's getting a little bit angry and he's getting furious. And my dad, it takes a lot for him to get mad and it takes a lot for him to get like, you know, frustrated or that angry. And, um, I, I can see it cause he like scrunches his eyebrows like hella hard. But, um, I remember just like seeing that reaction of his making me realize that what was said to us was not a good thing. Um, and you know, he actually explained to my mom what the term gook was because he knew it a little bit more. It was a derogatory term that was just used against Asians, especially within the military. So my dad was frustrated and he was angry. And I think that kind of made me become frustrated and angry as well, because I was like, you know, I guess what this guy said, like, it wasn't a good thing. It wasn't nice. And if dad's mad, like, then I should be mad too, because, um, it's just like it was degrading what this guy had said. And so I I also vividly remember after that talk with my parents, like after my mom explained everything to my dad and my dad like cooled down. I remember I wrote in my blue like Batsmaru little notebook that my mom got me earlier that day at the mall. And I remember doing like a journal entry at seven years old talking about this man who called my family and I gook squad. And I just remember once again, just being so like, I not oblivious, but just being the age that I was, I was just like, I don't get why this guy's calling us Vietnamese. Like we're Filipino. Like why is he like, you know, categorizing us? And so with that experience, I think as I got older, I started to internalize this fear of being Asian. And by that, I mean, I was afraid and I had this shame and this fear about not being a part of the crowd, meaning sticking out and being noticeable and being like, you know, different. I remember having that fear of being different because I was Asian. And so I think as I grew up, I tried to really break some of the stereotypes or push those stereotypes like away, um, which are your normal stereotypes that, you know, maybe you've heard about Asians. But so for an example, like I necessarily didn't try super hard in school because the stereotype of like Asians always having like straight A's. Um, I didn't try as hard because I didn't want people to blame my grades on the fact that I was Asian. Um, and if some of you have heard of an Asian F, like that's just an A minus. Well, then I've definitely got something below an Asian F because in high school, like I got grades that were below an A or an A minus. And so another thing too was that, especially if you have two immigrant parents, I think there's this idea of, you know, the way that your child can become successful is by going into these certain career fields. So like medical or business and analytics or even joining like ROTC or later than, you know, the military. Obviously it's a choice and if people decide to do it and they enjoy doing it, like by all means, like I'm very happy and very proud of them for 
going through with that however i think a part of me also wanted to break that stereotype of you know asians being in certain career fields so i really took pride in the fact that i was like an athletic asian as compared to an academic asian um I remember that I specifically chose the school that was more enhanced in sports rather than the school that had like these selective like learning communities where if you had an idea of what you wanted to do so if you wanted to be like um, like a biomed engineer then you would go into the selective learning community of like you know biology or bioengineer and then that would help shape or guide you to the courses that you would need in college. They had like a small learning community for entrepreneurs, things like that. And so I, I mean, knowing myself though too, I never really knew what I wanted to do growing up, but I knew that I didn't want to fall in the stereotype. And so, you know, I, like I said, I prided the fact that I was an athlete. I also took pride in the fact that underclassmen found me intimidating or scary um, because there's the stereotype that Asians are submissive or they're shy or they won't like speak up. And so I really like, <laughs> I really liked the fact that there was underclassmen who thought of me in that way. But in all reality, I wasn't intimidating. I just had a mad, case of resting bitch face and so like you know once you get to know me you'll realize like i'm actually not intimidating but it wasn't until my sophomore year of college that i began to realize that me trying to break these stereotypes was actually kind of pushing me away from my own culture you know i think about it in a sense that i can't speak tagalog and i you know i i get a little bit sad thinking that i can't speak my mom's native language or I can't speak my family's native language to them. Um, I have an idea a little bit of like culture within the Philippines and stuff, um, but a part of me feels that there I don't necessarily know like all the customs or like the full extent of the culture and that's why a part of me wants to go and live in the Philippines to really indulge and embrace my own culture. And with that, you know, I also want to be able to pass down my culture to my kids. And so as I started to realize this my sophomore year, I was like, this part of me is what I shouldn't be like ashamed of. Like I shouldn't fear it or, you know, I shouldn't be scared of it. Like it is a part of me. And instead of trying to push it away, I really need to embrace it. Now, I'm not trying to share these stories to victimize myself for the racial discrimination that I have faced because it is really clear to see that there are far more worse things out there that many people of color have faced in our country. But what I'm trying to do is to speak out on these stereotypes for us to recognize some of the things that people do when these stereotypes are placed on you. I think the reason I felt ashamed or I really internalized that that fear of being Asian was because of that idea of being a model minority. You know, you don't want to, you have to set the good example because if you mess up, you're going to mess it up for everyone and you don't want to be that person. And so it's like, you know, you can have, you know, pride, you can have this Asian pride, but don't have too much of it because if you do, it means you're showing off. And then it's like, don't react or don't respond to these rude or these racist comments because if you do, then it means that you, you can't take it or you can't handle it. But then when you don't say anything, it's perceived as being shy, submissive, you won't speak up. 
The idea to be successful in this world means you have to be in X career field to be able to do that. And in order for you to be successful, you have to be in the medical field or the, you know, a lawyer or in the military or in like business analytics, you know, you have to be in those careers if you're going to be successful as an Asian. But it's like, that's not the case. And for me, I actually really love seeing representation, especially within entertainment, whether it's producers, actors, artists, um, musical artists, like I do enjoy that. And some honorable mentions are like Bremen Rock, Pilo, Sandra Oh, um, Randall Park, and Constance Wu from <laughs> Fresh Off the Boat. Like it's things like that. I guess just shows that like you don't have to fit in this mold or this stereotype that people are trying to force you in. And so now like coming back to where I was at my junior year, where I started to recognize my racial identity, it was actually the same year that I became really curious about my own history and my own culture. And yes, a part of me definitely feels guilty for like pushing it aside but becoming more curious about learning about my own history has allowed me to expand my mind and to be more open into understanding and learning and accepting my own culture. But on the other hand, it has also allowed me to be more open and more understanding to other people's cultures and to see the differences, but the things that make them that much more unique within itself. I think it's actually really beautiful the fact that other people's cultures play a part in our current society and culture here in America. I actually find it really fascinating, but I know that it's another story for a lot of people and some people may find it that, you know, it might they might find it invasive or they might find it like you're overstepping. And because of that idea or that thought, there was a part of me today that was really hesitant to even talk about like my experiences and the things that I went through because there was that that moment of fear and that moment of doubt of doesn't even matter what you have to say um, should you be saying these things or are you gonna offend people um, you know are you Filipino enough or like have you experienced being Filipino enough to really speak out on this and like do people even care about what you have to say or your experience and so as all of these things are just going through my mind, I kept questioning whether or not my voice was valid enough to speak up. So what I'm going to attempt to do is to break another stereotype and choose to speak up and not be submissive. Yes, my experience of racial discrimination is very minimal compared to the amount some people have faced here in our country. But that does not make my truth any less of a reality than what it actually is. My experience has shaped me into the person that I am today, which is someone who is constantly learning, someone who is constantly growing, and someone who is constantly striving to be the best version of myself. Like I said earlier, I don't want to be this person who fits into this mold that society has created for me or for people who look like me. I kept questioning whether or not my voice was valid enough, but the reason I started this podcast was because I was like, God gave me the ability to speak, so why not choose to use it for the better? I started this podcast to talk about things that all of humanity have faced. I get that I have not experienced things to the extent that maybe some other people have, and that's why I want to be able to understand and to be able to showcase it by genuine empathy. And I know it's been a little bit hard 
to exercise that empathy considering the fact that I have yet to have a guest on my podcast to talk about their own personal journey and it's not because I'm scared to ask someone um, to come and talk onto the show I actually have quite a bit of people (laughs) that I'm waiting for Um, but the thing about it is one we're in a pandemic but two I've also put it on hold because I was able to get this amazing opportunity to go overseas and experience their culture firsthand, to embrace the similarities and also recognize the differences. Something that I've learned about myself is that I try to embrace the similarities that allows us to connect as individuals, as people, and as humans. But at the same time, I've been able to recognize the differences in experiences each of us have. I embrace the fact that we share these emotions such as anger, guilt, happiness, and love. But I also recognize that we all experience these emotions so differently at different frequencies, at different moments, and for whatever given reason it may be. And because of this, I decided to create a platform that kind of revolves around that idea. I created this platform for myself because I sure as hell knew no one else was going to do it for me. Now, for those of you who know me, I'm going to continue to be my stubborn little self and I'm going to continue to break stereotypes. However, this time around, I don't want to break any stereotypes that take me away from who I am. Instead, I want to break those stereotypes that hold me back from finding who I can be. My intention for today's episode was to bring more awareness around Asian American discrimination. Racism in general is a disease that destroys the mind and really prevents us from any progressive movements forward. I decided to share with you guys my first experiences of racial discrimination, not to victimize myself, but to show you how these experiences have shaped me into the person that I am today. And to be honest, I'm pretty proud of that person. There is so much learning and there's so much growth that needs to be done, not only within myself, but within society overall. It's a beautiful thing when we can embrace our similarities and recognize our differences. Or for the sake and in which the foundation of this podcast was made on, the emphasis of embracing your individuality while exercising empathy. This concludes yet another episode of Are You Alone? Thank you so much for listening, for watching. If you are currently watching, please make sure to go like and subscribe. If you are listening to this, make sure to go download all of the episodes and to follow my podcast on whatever streaming service that you use. You can also keep up with Are You Alone on Instagram at AYA underscore podcast and on Facebook at the Are You Alone follow page. I once again cannot thank you guys so much for just the constant love and the support and each episode that everyone shows out to. I I honestly can't thank you enough. I'm so, so very grateful. But other than that, my name is Bianca. And as we continue this journey, all I ask is that you do your best to achieve life on natural euphoria. Bye.